You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of your new puppies podcast. I'm Debbie. And today, I'm going to answer some of your questions. So these are questions that I get through email or on social media, through a comment or a direct message. And I can't get to all the questions that are sent to me. In fact, I can't get to most of them. But when I see a question being asked more than once, I'll probably make a podcast episode about it. But there are some questions that might not warrant an entire podcast episode, but I do see them more than once. So that is what I'm going to do today. Those are the questions I'm going to answer here. I have five of them and I'm just going to do some rapid fire answering. Okay. So the first question is, hi, Debbie, my puppy no longer likes his crate overnight. He's nine months old and has had a problem with this crate for months. Now this is actually very common. Nine months doesn't surprise me. Five months would not have surprised me either. And this is something that sometimes I have people wanting to make a session with me, like a virtual session with me to talk about it. And usually we're able to solve it just through a quick email instead of doing a whole session. Because what's usually happening, especially if the puppy has not had a problem with the husband sleeping through the night for months, then there was probably one night a little bit ago, maybe a week or so ago, that your puppy did whine. And you got up to check on them, of course, because this was not normal. You should. You should go check on them because it's not a normal behavior. It hasn't happened in months. And maybe they were sick. Maybe for some reason that night they had to go out to the bathroom. Maybe this happened for a couple nights in a row. And it took a couple nights for you to realize, wait a minute, you're working me again, but now they're whining in the middle of the night. So what probably happened is they were legit sick, legit needed to go out. And then they remembered, hey, wait a minute. When I whine, my human comes and gets me. I'm going to keep trying this. So once you know your puppy's over what originally woke them up, it's about just letting them cry it out for a night or two. And then they will very quickly go back to sleeping through the night because it's no longer working for them. The other thing is they might need some more exercise during the day. This is really common when they're around the five-month or six-month mark because this is about the age where their energy needs change. You know, younger than that, they have bursts of energy but also get tired out very easily. So the things you would do during the day when they were four months, three months – won't cut it anymore once they get to five or six months. They need more. So sometimes it's also about adding some extra enrichment activity to burn some of that extra puppy energy during the day to help them sleep through the night, okay? Usually one of these two things or both of them together works and the problem solved. So just know that it's normal and that you you just got to address it. Now, of course, not everything is 100% because not every single dog is like every other dog. 
So if these things don't work, then there is something else going on and we would have to address it. Okay, next one. Hi, Debbie. When is it okay to uh, take a vacation from your puppy, to board them for two weeks? Well, this isn't like a straightforward answer. I have no problem with leaving your puppy when they're young. In fact, it might be a good idea because it's part of their socialization. They get used to, you know, your friend's house or your pet sitter's house or even the boarding facility. But two weeks is a long time. You know, a night here, a weekend here, I don't think it's a big deal. But for two weeks, I wouldn't want to see that for at least after the first three months you have your puppy. And even that, that's like an arbitrary thing. But here's why, and this will help you make the decision. This is when you are developing trust and a bond with your puppy. You are teaching them good habits. You are teaching them the rules. Two weeks is a long time to go back on the habits you're teaching them and also possibly develop bad habits. Especially if you're going to do like a traditional boarding where they're going to be in some kind of enclosure by themselves for a lot of the day. If you have a young puppy, like under six months old, like that can be very stressful for them. Um, They can go backwards in potty training, things like that. So there's no hard and fast rule to this. I mean, a lot of it is going to be a judgment call. But those are my first thoughts with with something like that for for a full two weeks. I would want to see it at least three to four months after you get the puppy, after you've had some good time with them um, to bond and build that trust and develop good habits. Okay, the next one is another very common crate training question one. Um, Hi, Debbie, quick question. Can I move the crate between the bedroom and the lounge room? Yes, that's fine. You could also have two different crates. Usually crate training is more about teaching your puppy to be okay with a confined, safe area away from you. And the actual crate, the physical crate, um, doesn't really have that much effect. And I've had very few dogs. I'm not saying I've had none, but I think out of all the puppies that I've dealt with, I've had two that have trouble from moving location and or changing the crate. Usually you want to set it up the same way only because whatever the best way your puppy likes their crate, if it's covered, uncovered, lots of blankets in there, no blankets in there, like that, that is puppy preference. And you know, you want to make it as cozy as you can for your dog. And so you'll want all their crates to be that way. But the location, like moving it, or like I said, having two different crates doesn't usually make much of a difference in my experience. Okay, two more. Oh, this one's a favorite one. I have a very picky eater and have a lot of trouble getting them to eat. Do you have any suggestions? I do. Make mealtime more engaging. I've lost count the number of puppies or dogs that went from being a greaser and barely touching their food to loving their food simply by feeding them not in a bowl, whether it's training or in a treat ball or in a Kong or or a slow feeder or something more engaging than it just sitting in their bowl. You know, of course, there's also meal toppers and, you know, different things you can add to their meal to make it more um, tasty. You know, a good one is uh, chicken broth is a popular one. They have commercial toppers. Um, Stella and Chewy have some good freeze-dried ones. 
but try to just make mealtime like an enrichment activity instead of just feeding them in their bowl and see if you notice a difference. And the last one was a very recent one and will probably be one that I'm going to am going to do a separate podcast episode about it, but I have to do my own research. In fact, I did a little bit of research to answer this question. So if it's okay, I would like to ask Debbie a question. It's about breeders and the number of litters they should have at one time. So I think at the heart of this question, it's about finding a reputable breeder, which I have not done in a long time because I've always rescued and my family is full of rescue dogs. But I think it's a very important question to ask because we want to make sure that we don't support puppy mills or backyard breeders accidentally with our money because those dogs are not treated well and actually lead to the homeless dog problem more than anything else. So to simply answer this question, if the breeder has more than one litter, it is a red flag. I'm not saying if they have more than one litter, yes, run far, you know, that's a that's a backyard breeder, but it is a red flag. It's something to look into more, especially if they have different types of puppies. Usually a reputable breeder is somebody who loves the breed and they do this in their home and, you know, they only breed maybe one litter a year, if that, and there's going to be a waiting list. You know, there's usually a complaint that, well, rescues make it so hard to adopt a dog, so I just went with a breeder. And the reality is that if the breeder made it easy, then they're probably not a reputable breeder. Huge red flag. Okay? I mean, there's a lot of other nuanced stuff with this, so I I need to do my research and I need to um, look into this further so I make sure I bring you guys the best information I can. But for now, that's the quick answer to this question. And that's it. That's all I have for you for today. If you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed me answering these quick questions, let me know. Believe me, I have a lot more where that came from and maybe we can make it a mini series or something. But otherwise, if you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen and that helps other puppy owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue training with me, if you have questions that are little more complicated than what we went over here, then you can check out my website, playtimepause.com. I have virtual sessions. I have digital programs and courses that you can go through as well as in-person packages. Just click on work with me and you can find all the information there. Otherwise, I will see you back here next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.